Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Big Tilt Roto Underworld Player Profiler DFS Podcast entering week 14. Time to separate the players and the pretenders as we get ready for seasonal fantasy leagues, which means DFS, we are fine-tuned, ready to hit the big money. I'm your host, Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at Randall Rant. We are always sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, the one-stop place for your fantasy football needs Use the promo code UNDERWORLD and you get up to 100% match bonus, up to $100. Underdog Fantasy, the only place to go. And as always, I am joined by the director of analytics, the man who knows so much that he knows when to play Miles Sanders and when to fade Miles Sanders, Josh Larkey. Follow him on Twitter at tweets. Dr. Larkey, refreshed and replenished, back again. We're, we're back again. And... This is, I feel like DFS season kind of heats up now because a lot of people, you're you're looking at your rosters, maybe you're in six leagues, you made the playoffs in two or three. We're starting to trim the fat. There's only so many decisions that you can make in redraft at this point. So perfect. Shift some of that energy, some of that attention towards DFS. I, I'm excited. It's, uh, we talked about it before. I think the word you used was it. it's a top heavy slate. Yep. So we're going to dive into those very tantalizing games and then we'll discuss, uh, we'll just kind of get rid of a ton of games where we say, hey, probably don't need to be uh, playing too many quarterbacks or players from these. We're going to streamline for them, Josh, as we, we always will. do. Streamline them here. Just as I streamline my beer here with this heavy foam on top of it. Yes. <laughs> what, what are you drinking, actually? Uh, this is a Cape May IPA here from New Jersey. Cape May IPA on a Friday. When I get to hear your wisdom, I need a lot of foam. I need some good IPAs and I just sit back and I print money. It's really this simple. Honestly, the, this time difference always bums me out because it's only we're recording at 3 p.m. West Coast time where it's 6 p.m. your time and happy hour. I, I, I usually break the beer out around five. So this is I'm just I've got water in my cup. But here we are. Speaking of underdog. <laughs> The guide has arrived. I feel like I'm just the the king of talking about stuff and giving deadlines that just have absolutely, you should never have listened to me. Because I think six weeks ago, I was like, this player prop guide is probably two to three weeks away. And then two to three weeks ago, I was like, I'm just not going to talk about it for a week because it's not quite there yet. I thought this was going to be like some 1500 word project. I ended up writing about 3000 words. It just took a lot longer than expected, but it is here. If you if you have 10 minutes, it's pretty hard to find something that's a better use of your time for 10 minutes if you're interested in underdog in those player prop pickems. So it's an entire strategy guide where I actually lay out exactly my strategy. It's not like, oh, generally what you're going to want to look for is you're going to want to hit the early lines and do this. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you, these are the players to target. This is exactly how you should correlate 
your parlays on underdog fantasy. There is nothing like it out there right now. So make sure to check that out if you're interested in knowing what my strategy is and how to use some data-driven techniques to improve your ROI. Also, we have, like each week, some new updates to our DFS Dominator. Our lineup optimizer for tournaments has some new features that you'll be able to see this weekend. Now, it's been requested. We've been working on it in the pipeline. You can set your chalk level. How popular do you want the players in your lineup? Oh, you're playing a super small field, 500-person tournament? Oh, turn up the chalk. You're playing in a large field, 200,000-person entry, like a, a lot of those DraftKings $1, $3 tournaments where there's hundreds of thousands of people in there. Yeah, you probably don't want to overload your lineup with the chalk. And we also have the the correlation setter where you can choose how much correlation you want in your lineup. So you have low correlation, where you're probably just going to get some kind of basic single stacks with the run back and not too much else. Basically just picking out the best players, often good for the larger field tournaments. If you're in a smaller field tournament, turn that correlation up. Make sure that you're targeting more players in the same games, double stacks, often double run backs. So you now have the power to choose both of those. You can choose who you want in the flex, running back, receiver, tight end, anything goes. You get to choose. And we have the favorite all button that many of you have been requesting, where if you're lazy and you just say, I really know that Brady is my quarterback and I want 50 Brady lineups and I don't have time to even vet them, guess what? Pick your stacking partner and just favorite all of them. Cross your fingers and enter in 30 seconds. It's that easy. More features to come next week, but this I think this is kind of like our second week in a row of the nice big feature dump. So you're all going to get to enjoy those for week 14. I love the new feature. Used it last week. It's fantastic. Streamlines it. Folks, the only place to go to build your DFS lineups, playerprofiler.com. And as always, we listen to our listeners and we follow your advice. Here's the chalk, folks, for week 14. I'll start with quarterbacks, DraftKings, chalk, Sure, Josh Allen. Sure, Taysom Hill. Sure, Justin Herbert. And yes, even Cam Newton coming off a bad performance. We don't suffer from recency bias. Next up, FanDuel, Allen, Herbert, Cam, Lamar, and of course, Mahomes as well. Those are your chalk plays. You have to decide good chalk or bad chalk. Josh, what about running back, wide receiver? So the running backs, right now I'm looking at the chalk and what I've seen just aggregating all the different sites and looking at my projections and the value that's at hand. It's looking like Antonio Gibson, Javante Williams, Josh Jacobs, Fournette, Eckler, Mixon, Kamara, and Cordero Patterson. A lot of those high-end running backs on DraftKings. And FanDuel is pretty similar. Eckler, Kamara, Fournette, Zeke, Jacobs, Gibson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. One thing to be uh, aware of with the injuries that have just hit in the news that just hit today. A lot of news today, yep. Yeah, so... I expect Ty Johnson, Jeff Wilson, and Jermar Jefferson to be very popular additions as well on both platforms. So we'll, we'll look at those, but especially I think Ty Johnson and Jermar will probably end up being more popular on DraftKings, bad offenses, it's PPR, whereas FanDuel, where you really want to get in the end zone with half PPR, a guy like Jeff Wilson's probably going to really surge in popularity there. Receiver, 
Looks like uh, Jalen Guyton and Mike Williams on DraftKings for the Chargers. Keenan Allen already ruled out. Looks like Mike Williams is most likely going to play. He has apparently uh, tested negative according to himself and the reports. So that's good. It's very good for Herbert to get Williams back. Uh, DJ Moore, Stephon Diggs, Jerry Judy, Hunter Renfro, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, and then uh, Landry and Metcalf. And then on FanDuel, Basically, all the all the same names. Add in McLaurin, add in Godwin and Evans. Yeah, the Jeff Wilson one is big for me. I am officially, Josh, a Jeff Wilson truther. Don't forget, folks, last year at New England, overall running back one. We've been waiting all year. This could be the week. Tight end, of course, DraftKings, Travis Kelsey, James O'Shaughnessy, who disappointed a lot of people last week. Austin Hooper with the news that David Njoku now on the COVID list on oh, FanDuel. And, and Harrison Bryant is out. And Yes, and Harrison Bryant is out, Harrison. so it could be Austin Hooper week in the rivalry game against the Ravens. FanDuel, Kittle, Kelsey, Kyle Pitts. The big debate, Josh, where do you fall on this? Kyle Pitts, only game in town, going to get the targets, or Kyle Pitts, focus of the defense. Do you have a side there? Him and Gronk are the last two here for Chalkford, FanDuel for tight end. So I think with Pitts, there's kind of two factors at play. So I think one of them is, yes, defense much more focused on him now that Ridley's out. However, I think the other end of it is when Ridley's out, yes, the defense focuses on Pitts, but it's also, I mean, if you just pluck out the best skill player in any offense, usually that offense gets worse overall. And the the Falcons, since Ridley has been out, have been averaging under 14 points per game total. That is less than two touchdowns a game. And I mean, that right there, if you look at Pitts, it's not even like the targets are terrible. It's not like the air yards are atrocious. It's really, he's gotten the box one time this year. That's it. So I think with Pitts, I'm still on a team going to play some Kyle Pitts just because the the athletic profile and the targets that he sees, it's probably going to have another big week at some point before the year ends. So this week, probably not the best week to go overloading on Pitts on FanDuel when he's that popular, but that's kind of my take is that it's it's not it's not all his fault. Let's we just because uh the defense is keying in on him doesn't mean that he can't handle it. It's also I mean, look how many points they're scoring. They're not it's basically just Cordero Patterson. No one else is really scoring the touchdowns, and it's it's tough in fantasy. Now we'll go to defenses, DraftKings, Seattle, Cleveland, and Carolina. I think Carolina is going to be a big one there at home against Atlanta coming off their bye week. Of course, FanDuel looks like the Chargers and Seahawks are our chalk options. Yeah, I think the the Seahawks are a strong play. We've got Davis Mills for the Texans. It looks like Brandon Cooks is going to play, but I know he's been kind of banged up. I don't think he's practiced much this week. Just a really good matchup for the Seahawks who, who have actually been playing a little bit better recently. A uh, little bit surprised by the Browns defense. I think people are kind of reading too much into that slog of a game from before the bye week when the, the Browns and Ravens last played. I, I like the Panthers, like you said, and then the Chargers, just such a smash play against Mike Glennon and uh, not, a, not a whole lot of talent on that roster and just bad offensive line. I think the Chargers are really going to have a quite the field day this week. Mike Lennon, maybe could be Jake Fromm. I mean, it, it could. It, there's a lot of variation there with the Giants. We're probably going to be Glenn. It looks like he's trending uh, towards playing. All right, let's go to the games which Josh and I said are top heavy. First up, the big game, probably the most exciting, exciting game. We went in order of excitement here. 
Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Now, right now, Tampa Bay favored by three and a half, over under 53 and a half at FanDuel, 54 at DraftKings. Interesting betting split here, Josh. 65% for the Action Network app betting on Tampa Bay, but the money going towards the Bills. So the Sharps feel that this is a big spot for Buffalo to bounce back, getting that extra half point, the hook there, obviously very favorable, but the public on the side of Tampa Bay feeling strong with them at home. Talk about it here. High over under for a team, two teams with pretty good defenses. It's very unique, this game. It's a high over under, 53 and a half, yet Buffalo and Tampa Bay do not allow a lot of fantasy points to individual positions, except for certain spots like the Bucks with tight end against uh, Dawson Knox. So where are you going here for DFS value? So I'm going to be double stacking both of these quarterbacks. These are two elite offenses. I'm generally, at least with DFS on the side of, I just want to play the really strong offenses in that, yes, we want to be aware of matchup, but matchup is generally more impactful for these lesser quarterbacks and that uh, we've seen so many big performances this year from really strong quarterbacks, even against strong defenses. So I think if you're playing this game, it's going to be popular. You're going to have to double stack to kind of get a, a differentiated lineup. And I'll give you a, a couple of players that, that caught my eye in terms of the difference makers. So first, just in terms of your player pool, throw out the Bills running backs. You probably knew that if you're listening, we are not going to be playing Moss or Brita or Singletary. They were all involved this past week. Really just low upside for all of them. In terms of uh, a few sneaky plays, one of them on Tampa Bay, Brashad Perriman. He's back. He was with Tampa Bay a couple years ago. It seems like he's just gone right back in to kind of a some type of field stretching role, catching passes from Tom Brady. So I, I like the sound of uh, minimum salary Brashad Perriman's past week, 87% of the snaps, 40 routes, three targets. He didn't do anything with those targets, but it is clear that now that he is on this team, Tyler Johnson is the wide receiver for Tyler Johnson only played 9% of the snaps and ran four routes. So Perriman had 10 X the routes of Tyler Johnson. couple other notes. Gronk is on a total roll. If we throw out the game where he left after five snaps from back spasms, He's averaging 18.8 PPR points a game, eight, 10, eight targets the past three weeks since being back four red zone targets the past three weeks, 62 or more air yards in each week. Now that he's back for net since the bye week, they had a week nine buy since returning from the bye. I mean, it, this is just ridiculous because this kind of sounds like the, the Seahawks receivers in terms of their routes run. Fournette's running 27 routes a game, seven catches a game since the bye, 13 red zone carries in that span. The perfect stacking partner with Brady. For some reason, people still don't want to stack Brady with Fournette because he's a running back. Not realizing, hey, 27 routes, seven catches. That's not even targets. Seven catches a game since the bye. And then the last player on Buffalo, uh, Gabe Davis. He says, hello, Sanders and Beasley. Yes, they're still out there. They're still the starters. However, the the targets, the air yards, the usage, it's all come down a little bit the last three, the last few weeks. But Gabe Davis has three or more targets this past month. Yes, he only ran eight routes this past week, but three red zone targets versus New England. It was also just one of the weirder games that I've ever seen, if not the weirdest. I mean, Mac Jones had three pass attempts in that one. So I think Gabe Davis is kind of the fun stacking partner to get cheap. So there's Perriman and Davis. So I like the idea with Allen going 
Diggs Davis, I think is a good stack with a, some type of double run back. And then if we're going with Brady, I think you can pick, I mean, there, there's basically five good options because we've got the big four with Fournette, Gronk, Evans, Godwin, throw in Perriman. I would say if you're playing this game, I recommend double stacks with double runbacks. And that if you're leaning into this game because it's popular, that you say, yes, this is a good game to target. It's going to go over the 53 and a half or 54, whatever total you're seeing. It will go over that. I want five players from this game. It's amazing how DFS players tend to fade or they don't really put enough of emphasis on efficiency. You talked about Gronkowski. That's a great point. For some reason, he still continues to go under the radar because he's been injured. But when he's been in, he's smashed. And I think the same is true with Dawson Knox, who's a little cheaper. He's going against the Buccaneer defense, 22nd and fewest fantasy points allowed to the position. He returned tight end two, overall tight end two, overall tight end four stat lines in the two weeks prior to breaking that hand. And then when he returned, tight end six, tight end three. So I agree with you, Josh. For some reason, there is this, maybe it's a tight end position thing. I don't know. But Gronkowski and Knox, I think, are super efficient players at a position that is so shallow. Yeah, it seems like any research that you do on tight ends and it's like, who are the good, if you just look at who the good tight ends are in fantasy, they're almost always tethered to good offenses. I mean, these are the red zone targets. It's it's really hard to find two tight ends that are going to get more red zone targets in a game than Gronk and Knox. I mean, Dawson Knox, two red zone targets in week 11, two in week 12, and two in week 13. Dawson Knox, a great candidate to have one or two touchdowns. You can even do a two tight end build. I don't think that's out of the question for this game either with how inexpensive Knox is for that two touchdown upside coupled with how there's just not a lot of good games on this slate. If there were five, six, seven great games that we're excited about, I'd say, no, you can't, you would never have two tight ends in this lineup. But I think this is a case where if you want to, you can have Knox and Gronk in the same lineup. Another one of those big scoring games, Las Vegas at Kansas City. Right now, most places, it's Kansas City favored by 10. You can't get a nine and a half at DraftKings. Over under here, 48 points, so still very solid. Last time they played, game was a blowout by Kansas City. I think it was 41-14. That was in Vegas, and people were talking about how the Chiefs offense wasn't clicking. Looks like the Chiefs defense is getting better. I don't believe we're going to have Darren Waller in this game, so really limited upside. I kind of think this is a Chiefs hanging number game, Josh. I think the Chiefs are going to roll here. What say you, and, and where do we go with DFS? Yeah, it's funny you say that because one thing that I wrote down was that ultimately I'm going to be playing the chief side heavily and that I like Jacobs, I like Renfro. Foster Murrow is still a, a decent cheaper tight end, though he's also priced up at this point. I just don't love 4000 on DraftKings for Murrow. Priced up after nothing, after doing nothing, in fact. Yeah, he was running some routes. He had the snaps, but not a lot of targets. And this whole Vegas offense just hasn't been great. Yeah. without rugs and the guy that real the two guys that have really gotten that role boost are Jacobs and Renfro and I'm just not a I don't think Derek Carr is a great play in this one I know a lot of people are going to be playing a ton of Derek Carr and I, I've done a lot of research where when the quarterback they're facing does well then that quarterback does well and that yes if Mahomes has a good game Carr is probably going to have a better game but it's just hard to see Derek Carr having a good game without Mahomes having a better one and I just don't love the weaponry that he's working with. 
And then on top of that, the Chiefs defense, it's good. Hello. I feel like we're, we're kind of living in, a lot of people are living in like week three where they go, oh, it's a, this Chiefs terrible defense. No, no, no. They've gotten a lot healthier. They traded for Melvin Ingram. This Chiefs defense hasn't allowed any opponent to even hit 20 points the past five games. They've just been steamrolling opponents. And then uh, one more note just about that why you need to be doing some Mahomes double stacks. The last time these two teams faced each other, let me read a few stat lines in the receiving game. I mean, we you'll probably remember that Mahomes had five touchdowns in that yeah, game. Bonanza. Yep. Travis Kelsey went eight for 119. Daryl Williams went nine for 101 with a touchdown. Many of you will remember that crazy contested catch in the end zone that he had. Yep. Tyreek Hill went seven for 83 and two touchdowns. Pringle, four for 46 and a touchdown. That's my guy. Yeah, and I think that aside of uh, their CEH, Daryl Williams, who really still has that receiving role, not CEH, Tyreek and Kelsey, Pringle really is the other guy that you can go to. The snap share has been trending up the last few weeks. And if you want a guy that probably not a super high ceiling, but if you want some type of cheap correlated play with Mahomes, I think Byron Pringle has to be your guy. He's still really inexpensive. 3,200 DraftKings, 5,300 FanDuel. And then just run it back with Jacobs, run it back with Renfro and call it a day. I just, I don't really want too much Derek Carr exposure. I might not even have him in my quarterback pool this week. It's just, there's just not a lot going on in this Raiders passing game that I like in terms of Carr's DFS viability. Yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are going to roll here. I think they're ready to go. The offense is good. You got Andy Reid, you know, who owns the Raiders, has played very well, has, has coached very well against them. Really, I think that's, that's a solid, solid play and one of the few top-heavy games that we like. Next up, San Francisco at Cincinnati. What a fascinating game. This line opened at San Francisco minus 3.5. It is currently San Francisco minus 1.5. The overwhelming amount of bets coming in on the Bengals, but the money coming in on San Francisco, that's going to occur, Josh, because people are looking at DVOA where the Niners are substantially better than the Bengals. The Bengals have sort of been an enigma. I've been fading them for several weeks. They go out, they destroy the Ravens. Last week I faded them again. Here come the Chargers. They destroy them. They're just... They look good in fantasy. They look good in DFS, but in actuality, they really don't measure up on the field. It's one of the biggest disconnects I've seen. 48 and a half over under. A lot of question marks here across the board. I think I think T. Higgins is going to play. Joe Mixon should play. Of course, we have Joe Burrow with the finger. You can talk about that, how that's going to affect him. I think Debo Samuel is out. And listen, Byron Pringle and Jeff Wilson always to me. I am attached to Byron Pringle because I have him in Scott Fishbowl, and I'm determined that he's <laughs> going to get me a big win in the playoffs. But Jeff Wilson is ready to go. You mentioned him earlier here. So break it down for us, Bengals and Niners. So one thing about Wilson, we we had our, our Jeff Wilson love fest a few weeks ago when he got the start. And there were a couple of people that tagged me on Twitter and DM me, and they're like, Jeff Wilson didn't have a great game. Terrible call. And I'm like, I'm sorry. He got 20 touches in that game, including... I mean, if you haven't seen the clip of him with no one within seven or eight yards of him in the end zone, yep. and Jimmy Garoppolo just totally misses him on a five-yard yep. touchdown pass, killer, just unbelievable because he gets there in DFS if Jimmy Garoppolo does not. I It was one of the worst quarterback throws I've seen this season. So <laughs> uh, I know some people are like, oh, it's going to be hasty because Jeff Wilson's knee was flaring up. Jeff Wilson, pretty much a full practice participant from what I saw, I think he looks like he's going to get the majority of the touches. Michael Hasty has never gotten the type of 
uh, rushing work that Jeff Wilson's got. I think Hasty's mo- the most carries he had last year was 11 or 12 in a game. This is not a 20 carry kind of guy. That's going to be Jeff Wilson. In terms of how to play this game, I I agree. I think the, the Niners are probably going to beat them. The Bengals, very good for fantasy, but not necessarily the best real life team, which is kind of why I like going Joe Burrow and then running it back with some Niners, including the running back. I kind of think the, the Niners are going to mostly dominate this game overall. They're going to win it. Burrow's going to have to do some type of damage with his arm. And I do think that Mixon being a do not practice all week with an illness, and then also mentioning that his neck was sore from the Charger game. If there was ever a game that wasn't the the Joe Mixon 30 carries up the middle game, it's going to be this one. Because speaking of DVOA, the Niners are the second best rush defense in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders. This is not a Joe Mixon game. Correct. My favorite way to play this is Burrow Chase Higgins double stack, which would have hit last week if Chase didn't bobble the the guaranteed 80-yard touchdown. That was a heartbreaker for some of my lineups. Uh, All the targets are going to them. All the air yards are going to them. So Burrow Chase Higgins. And then I think you run it back with Jeff Wilson and Brandon Ayuk or Jeff Wilson and George Kittle. And that you just choose one of those two. If Debo plays, then I think Wilson Ayuk, Wilson Kittle, or Wilson Debo are your three choices. And that uh, there's just not that many good games this week. So you can really just load up on these m- more marquee matchups. I always compare Josh DFS to poker because I feel like it's so similar with the metrics based analysis, the numbers, but there is a feel component. This just feels like a Jamar Chase week. It's been several weeks, and I love T. Higgins. I just feel like he's been too quiet. Any thought to that here? If you had to go Chase or Higgins, you're leaning one way or the other. Chase is more expensive too, which is kind of an issue, but I don't know. He's been sleeping for way too long. Yeah, I just keep leaning. So what's funny is I was all over Higgins last the last few Same. weeks right before Same. his breakout and including that first breakout game because – uh, it just hadn't happened yet. And I liked that it hadn't happened yet. And I was like, I want to be the one that has Higgins when it happens. At this point, Higgins had two huge weeks. And if if more people are going to be playing Higgins, I'll be like, oh, that's that's fine. I'm now banking on, I want to be out in front of the big Jamar Chase game. So probably going to play a little more Chase than Higgins overall in this one. So yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, people are going to get a little caught up as well in just like the, the fantasy points, forgetting that, I mean, yes, Jamar Chase did drop the ball or bobbled it, I guess, and it became an interception. But that would have been an 80-yard touchdown. He would have had 25 fantasy points in that game. Don't forget about Jamar Chase. Dallas-Washington, a rivalry as, o- as old as any there will be. Just an odd game here, though, with the spread as well. Currently sitting at, I'm getting Washington plus four and a half at most locations but opened here with Washington favored by one and a half. And then it flipped because, of course, the money and the bets on the Cowboys over under at 48. Tony Pollard a little banged up. Antonio Gibson, thank you for coming on strong here at the end. I mean, most fantasy owners are very frustrated, but Gibson has been the man here with J.D. McKissick out. Logan Thomas now out for the year as well. Looks like Ricky Seals-Jones will be back. So talk to us here. Cowboys, Washington, huge game for the Cowboys. They get this. They pretty much have locked things up. Washington on a roll here, having won the last few games, went out last week, big field goal to beat the Raiders. So what I like about this game is that I think there's a pretty clear direction that we can play this. I'm going to play this as the Dallas passing offense comes alive. 
Tony Pollard, I'm I'm not a doctor, but I mean he tore his what plantar fascia in his foot. This is the type of injury where when I've heard it mentioned before, players are often out multiple weeks, six weeks sometimes. This is this is a legitimate major concern for Pollard. And then we know that Zeke just has looked really bad. I mean, if you've watched any of the last two, three, four games, Pollard clearly looks like the better running back. And it's because Zeke was just not healthy. The the early season Zeke that we saw that was explosive is not there right now. The knee injury. I really like just double stacking Dak and saying, hey, uh, Pollard, game time decision. Even if he plays, probably not super involved. Clearly, Zeke is not fully healthy. They've scaled back his carries a little bit the last few weeks. So I really like going Dak with two of Lamb, Cooper, Gallup, and Schultz and just saying this is going to be a total passing fest. The Washington defense is one of the worst teams in the NFL when covering against the pass. Just a terrible secondary. And then if you want to run it back, I think you just choose Gibson or you choose McLaurin. Or if you're short on cash, you can go Ricky Seals-Jones, who's 3,600 on DraftKings. But I think the crazier one is uh, 4,500 on FanDuel. I don't quite know what's going on there. I guess he got like truly the stone minimum price treatment there. So kind of an interesting option on both platforms. Looks like McKissick probably returns, but Gibson's salary is still very palatable. Even if McKissick is back, 6,000 DraftKings, 7,400 FanDuel. Gibson has more carries than anyone else in the NFL the last few weeks. He is, it looks like the shin is fully healthy at this point. He's just been an absolute animal since their buy with his usage. So I think it's pretty clear. Dak, Dak double stacks. If you want Taylor Hineke, you can play a little Taylor Hineke. He's probably going to be the, the grossest quarterback in my quarterback pool this week. And I like him better on DraftKings. He's 5,500 there. 7,100 FanDuel is just not great when for three, four, five hundred $500 more, you can get a pretty legitimate bona fide star quarterback. So on DraftKings, throw in Hineke if you want, but really this just feels like a, a Dallas pass attack uh, bonanza to me. And yes, if you want to know, the backup running back for the Cowboys will be Corey Clement. Yes, for those that remember, if something happens to Zeke, it's Corey Clement. We are not advocating, Josh, I assume, 4000 for Corey Clement on DraftKings this week. Probably not. No, we're not. Who's the other guy? I swear, let me look. We're, I'm going to live look this up. There was another running back that I swear signed to their practice squad, and then people went nuts. because Edo like Smith? Edo Smith was the other Edo guy. Edo Smith. There was, there was one other name, and I was like, oh, I was not quite aware he was still in the league. So good <laughs> – Good for good for the two of them, Clement and Smith. Not going to play them now. And next up, a game that I'm dying to hear your take on because it's an important one. Cleveland six and six coming off their bye against the Ravens eight and four. Ravens, of course, went for two last week. Did not get it at Pittsburgh. This is an interesting game because Cleveland has basically spent the last three weeks preparing for the Ravens. They played the Ravens. Then they had a bye, and now they're playing the Ravens again. So the Browns coming off their bye, which they desperately needed. They refreshed and replenished Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt here, going against the Ravens team that has really been hit by injuries. Lost their right tackle last week. Marlon Humphrey now out. They had, and that was why Harbaugh, I said, went for two. He said we were missing pretty much our entire secondary, so he just wasn't confident there. But this line opened at two and a half. It's now at three. Cleveland minus three. 
You have the majority of bets and money coming in on the Browns. Ravens, of course, though, very strong under Harbaugh against the spread against other opponents in the division. I believe it's like 8-1-1 one, and one on the road uh, later in the season against opponents in the division. So they're usually right in this spot. Lamar has not played well here. But the question is, what is the what are the Browns going to do with their passing game of the illustrious Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashard Higgins, Jarvis Landry, and, and Austin Hooper against a very compromised Ravens secondary? And can the Ravens get a much-needed win here after losing last week? What say you, Josh? So I think this game's going to be kind of a grinded-out, fun, like real football guy type game. Probably not really great for DFS. I know that... I, I like that it's a little consolidated on both ends where there's not that many viable options for DFS, but it's really hard for me to see this being the, the big shootout of the week. So probably not going to be playing much, if any, Baker. Probably going to be playing uh, very little Lamar. I do think that Lamar on both platforms is priced really well. The price has come down, 7,400 DraftKings, 7,900 FanDuel. But overall, not something I'm just super interested in. I do think if you're going with Lamar, that you can key in on Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Rashad Bateman looked phenomenal. I actually don't even know what happened, but the snaps, the targets, the routes, it's all been dropping the past two weeks. He's He even got uh, relegated below Sammy Watkins with his routes run this past week. So really not sure what's going on, but I think that does make it easy to say that if you're going Lamar, you might as well just double stack him with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews and that there's not too much else to worry about there. The other guy to note in Baltimore, uh, pretty gross, but Devonta Freeman's a bell cow. I know. I've, I, you know what? I've resisted. I've fought against this. It is what it is. He's here and he's back again. You got to accept it. He's getting the usage. Yeah. Three of his past five games, he's had 16 or more fantasy points. Two of his past three games, he's had 20 fantasy points. It, it's not the, not the most fun play. Probably a capped upside around those 20 fantasy points, but when it overall looks like a lower scoring slate for the most part, I think Devonta Freeman, not the worst play at 5,700 on DraftKings, 6,300 FanDuel. He's also been pretty involved in the passing game recently. And then on the Browns, I like Kareem Hunt a lot. because Me too. Me too. Yep. He, he was very, very, very carefully eased back in the week before the bye. And one thing that we saw when both he and Chubb were healthy is that uh, Kareem Hunt was outscoring him in fantasy because it, Nick Chubb is in this role where he's getting you not quite workhorse carries and then he's splitting the goal line carries with Kareem Hunt and he has zero pass game involvement. So I kind of like He's that. touchdown dependent. I'll just say it. He is touchdown dependent is what he is for the price you're going to pay for him. Yeah, with, with Nick Chubb, you really need him to get two touchdowns. Yeah. Even then you're probably still not going to get that hurt if you fade him. I do think if you're playing Nick Chubb, though, it's got to be on FanDuel. 7,600 DraftKings, 7,500 FanDuel. So Nick Chubb's actually cheaper on the half PPR platform. So it just it, 7,600 is a pretty crazy price to pay for Chubb and PPR. So I think on FanDuel, he's okay. But I prefer Kareem Hunt, who's 5,600 DraftKings, 6,500 FanDuel. Just Kareem Hunt on DraftKings at 5,600. Decent price. He had two 25 or more point games prior to his injury. So even splitting work with Nick Chubb, he's getting a lot of those high value touches because he gets all the targets and then he's getting about half of that goal line work as well. So uh, I think in terms of the, the pass game, 
Probably not going to play any Baker. I think it's pretty crazy that Jarvis Landry is chalk on uh, this week. People just saying, oh, wow, he had 100 yards the last time they played. Okay, well, what has he done basically the rest of the season beside that game? He had he essentially had one decent game that's also without full running back health. Now Kareem Hunt fully healthy. I really think this is going to be a pretty heavy run-heavy game plan from the Browns because they just there's just not a lot of pass-catching options that they have. And then on the Ravens side, probably just Lamar, Freeman, Brown, and Andrews. But even still, those are the guys that you can play. I myself probably playing very little of this game. We'll probably play a little bit of each defense on DraftKings where they're fairly inexpensive. What do you do with the Giants Chargers? So this line opens at Chargers minus six. We then hear that Daniel Jones is not going to play. Line jumps to 10 and a half. It's now starting to come back down again at nine and a half here on DraftKings because it looks like Mike Lennon is going to suit up, not Jake Fromm. Wide receivers coming back for the Giants, Galladay, Shepard, Kadarius Toney all look like they're going to play on the Chargers side. Keenan Allen is out. Mike Williams is trending towards actually playing, which would help be helpful. I think you're going to tell me it's a heavy dose of Austin Eckler. That's for sure here. Low over under that is dropped from 47 to 43 here. So it's a low over under with a high spread. Very unique. Giants at Chargers. Where are you going? So if, if no one was playing Herbert this week, I'd say, well, it's just every week is Herbert week. Yeah, but that's it's your just, guy. Yes. But th- this might be. I haven't quite decided yet, but if there was a week that I will actually not play Herbert, this is the week that is really testing me because I just don't love this type of game environment. I hate that the Chargers are just crazy heavy favorites and this could just really be kind of a slog game. I think the Giants are pretty incentivized to keep it as slow paced as possible. Big Austin Eckler game. I mean, if we think about it, Keenan Allen, total target hog. He's getting like 12 targets a game. He's out. Josh Palmer, efficient with his opportunities, but not a target hog. Jalen Guyton is the farthest thing from a target hog. And Jared Cook, uh, not a target hog. Mike Williams, uh, not a target hog. I I think Austin Eckler is probably going to get, I don't know, eight, nine, ten targets in this one, and that he's probably the focal point of this offense. So I think Austin Eckler, especially when there's just not that many great running back options, 8,300 DraftKings, 9,200 FanDuel. Going to be playing heavy Eckler on DraftKings where he seems like one of the few players that can just break the slate with eight catches, couple touchdowns, get you 30 fantasy points, and that no one's even close. So really like Eckler. And then on the Giants side, I'm going to keep going back to Saquon Barkley on DraftKings. He's down to 6K. He had nine targets this past week. Like I said, I said, hey, Glennon, non-mobile, going to have to dump it off to Saquon. Excellent call. Yes, he didn't really get there in DFS. I mean, but how can you blame me for playing a guy that got double digit? Like, if you're getting double digit carries and nine targets, my goodness. So, gonna play a little Saquon, and then I think the 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 play I'm gonna this one. It's embarrassing to say, but man, I I can't quit Sterling Shepard. He's suited up for five games. He's played over half the snaps in only three of those. Two of them he left very early due to injury. In those three games where he didn't leave super early due to injury, 9, 10, and 14 targets, averaging 20 PPR points a game, 17.5 PPR points in all three of those games for Sterling Shepard. The way that I, I described him pre-show when we were we were planning stuff out is I said, uh, Sterling Shepard is sexy Jameson Crowder. Where, <laughs> I mean, if there were two just like two slot guys that are going to get 
all the targets this week. I'm going with the one who's a little bit more athletic and Sterling Shepard. Got, got to cram him in on DraftKings at 4,600. Atlanta at Carolina. Odd game. Carolina coming off a bye. They just fired the offensive coordinator. Cam Newton couldn't have looked any worse than he did against Miami. Got that game wrong. But here you go against an Atlanta team that just does not get pressure, Josh. Atlanta last in the league with 1.3 sacks per game. So Carolina, they need this game. This is basically an elimination game, I think, for the playoffs. Both teams are lingering around that final playoff spot. Corderell Patterson and Kyle Pitts, of course, for the Falcons. Mike Davis even woke up. DJ Moore, of course, gets the volume. Is he going to pop? We're looking for him. I think we've given up on Robbie Anderson, but certainly I think Cam Newton is alive and well. The Falcons are not great here defensively, and they don't stop rushing quarterbacks. They've given up some big rushing yards to Jalen Hurts and other rushing quarterbacks as well. So Cam Newton, is this a get-right game for him in Carolina against the Falcons? Yeah, I think this is uh, definitely the the get-right game that he needs. It's just, the Fal- like you said, the Falcons are so bad. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. There's no pressure. It's truly one of those franchises that's going absolutely nowhere right now. There's no direction. So I think the the Panthers just come out. And I think they're, honestly, I think they're going to spank them. I agree. I think the the way to play this, just some Cam Newton single stacks with DJ Moore. And then I think your three runbacks are Patterson, Pitts, and Russell Gage. And Russell Gage is actually, uh, he's been kind of good recently. He had uh, 25 DraftKings points this past week without a touchdown. He's been running the routes. He's been getting the targets. And... I think that Russell Gage at 5,700 is going to keep a lot of people off of him, yet DraftKings is a PPR platform. He had 12 targets, 11 receptions this past week against Tampa Bay. So I think that he's kind of an interesting run back here. The one thing to note, so I I know I've been on the big, on the Matt Ryan train where I go, you just have to look at the track record. He, He gets there in DFS every few weeks with his big passing yardage. This is not really the week that I think, I think this is not, it's not a Matt Ryan week. If not just, outdoors, not outdoors in December. No way. If we just look at the Panthers and passing yards allowed, they've allowed one 300 passer all season. And it was Kirk Cousins in that overtime game. This is not a defense that's allowing big yardage. I mean, they aside from that, they've only allowed one other quarterback to even hit 250 yards. It was Zach Wilson in the first week. They basically teams are putting up 150 to 200 pass yards against the Panthers. This is a vicious defense for Matt Ryan. So really just playing the, the Cam Newton side of this. I think Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah are interesting, but I think there's higher ceiling plays on this slate at running back. So we'll have a little bit of each potentially just, uh, it's not entirely certain what's going to be happening with the running back rotation, probably favoring Chuba a little more little higher ceiling for DFS, but for the most part, just Cam Newton, DJ Moore, they're just going to trounce these Falcons. Saints at Jets. Saints favored by five. Always a frisky number on the road. 43-point low over under. Taysom Hill last week. Only Taysom Hill, Josh, could have four interceptions and have the overall fantasy QB4 performance there with 101 (laughs) rushing yards. The hurt finger may hurt the passing, but it may help the running as well. So they're going down against the Jets here. You've talked about some injuries. Alvin Kamara is back. Mark Ingram is not. Looks like Tony Jones is going to be in here. Where do you go here? Jets, Saints, low total, and sort of two offenses that have stalled. Yeah, so I I don't think I'm going to play much Taysom, if any, this week. I understand that 
uh, he, he's very mobile, but there's just, there's not a lot of pass catchers here. I mean, the reason that he got there last week in DFS was because Deontay Harris took like a 75 yard, like he like housed a, a quick slant at the end of the game for 75 yards. Deontay Harris is suspended three games to a DUI. Also, Ty Montgomery, who's been heavily targeted recently, he's out of this game as well. I mean, there is just, it is scraps. I think from this game on the Saints side, it's just Alvin Kamara. I think he's going to have a pretty healthy workload. Really don't see much, much interest in anyone else. And that, do I think Taysom can get there in DFS? Yes. If, yeah, he can definitely get there. However, what I don't like about Taysom is that playing Taysom Hill actually makes your life harder for DFS. Because I've got a question for the audience. If you play Taysom, you still have eight lineup slots left. Who are you stacking them with? You, you think you want to put Taysom and Kamara? You want Taysom with Traquan Smith or Marquez Calloway? It's really difficult to know who, if any, to stack him with. And let's just say that we think Taysom Hill is going to go bonkers on the ground. Okay. You still have eight lineup slots left and decisions to make that are uncorrelated. Compared to if you play Tom Brady, you know that if Tom Brady gets there in DFS, two of the big names in Tampa Bay will be getting there in DFS with him. So right there, you've already got three lineup spots locked up. That's why Taysom Hill, for me at least, is just difficult because the style that I like to play with DFS, I like to correlate, and it's just really hard to know what to do with the Saints. On the Jets' end, oh, this offense is going to be bad. I think this is really a, I mean, DFS-wise, 3,600 on DraftKings. I'm going to be playing some Saints defense. Even 5K on FanDuel, I'm going to play some Saints defense because Tevin Coleman out with a concussion. Michael Carter on IR. It's the Ty Johnson show. I'm here for it, but uh, it's not not the best offense. Oh, Elijah Moore, who's been spectacular. Uh, looks like he's doubtful. He's not going to play in this game either. You're looking at what? Zach Will. Oh, also, Corey Davis isn't going to play. He's out for the season. You're looking at Zach Wilson. Ty Johnson, Jamison Crowder. This is truly a dreadful offense. And I think the, the Saints are really going to smash them. It's not going to be close. I think Kamara is a nice bet to get into the end zone two or three times in this one. So pretty much just Kamara sprinkling a little Ty Johnson. And I, I think you can play Crowder, but I'd rather just pay basically the same price and get Sterling Shepard, where I think it's going to be a better offense. And Sterling Shepard's just better. So... I don't have too much in this game that I'm looking at. Naked Taysom Hill is always uncomfortable. It just doesn't <laughs> feel right. From one game in a, a bad offensive performance game to another, Seattle at Houston, this line opened up at seven. Seattle minus seven. Now with the news that it's not Tyrod Taylor, it's going to be Davis Mills. It is actually ballooned now. Most books, it is eight and a half. The over-under going the opposite way down to 40 and a half total points here. You would think this offense has to get going, and I'm very attached to DK Metcalf and Scott Fishbowl. So tell me, Josh, that this is a get-right game for Seattle. I'm going to be playing some Russ with either one of Lockett or Metcalf, and then maybe Everett snuck in there. And there will not be a run back in most of those lineups. There were signs of life. It's oh, it is it is just a great crime of this of this season. How little the Seahawks have passed. They have thrown under 30 times a game this year. So frustrating. It oh is. Oh, please get Russell Wilson out of there for next season. But the, the sign of life, Metcalf and Lockett both had over 100 air yards in this past game. 
That's what we like to see. Russ has actually looked okay the past couple weeks. Not a lot of people are playing Russ just because he's he's the fantasy points haven't been there. It's been so slow paced. But against the Texans, I, I really think this is a this is a kind of a nice spot for Russ to get right. Adrian Peterson's been ruled out, but that doesn't mean that you should play any of the running backs. I, I think Alex Collins is going to play. He's probably going to split snaps with Rashad Penny and maybe a DJ Dallas, maybe a Travis Homer. Just don't even think about it. And then on the Texans end, it looks like it's going to be a nice little split with the running backs. And then receiver wise, I think if you want to run back Brandon cooks, but that's about it. I mean, I'll probably have no run back in most of my rust stacks and just kind of go rust double stack and then just heavily correlate elsewhere in this one. I'm laughing at this next game. Denver now up to minus 10 against Detroit with the news. No TJ Hawkinson, no DeAndre Swift. <laughs> your notes here, the over-under is 42. Josh, your notes just say on the show sheet, no thanks. <laughs> this is such a bad game. The only, now, the only What about my guy, Alberto Kue Boonham? No? <laughs> no. The only thing that got me excited was in the Scott Fishbowl, I, I limped into the playoffs. I made a You're big in, baby. On, We're both in. You're in. I made this big Twitter thread kind of explaining why you want to swing for upside and talking about how everything went wrong that could this year for me. And I snuck in. I, you know, I Josh, had, I got to tell you, you're, you're, you're too, too, honest, too you know, sort of honest of a man. That was a great thread. You basically said, if I can summarize it, I can swing and miss early. But if you take the right players late, like upside players, you can nail it. And that's exactly what you did. You made up for the fact that you bombed early with some high upside plays late and you're in. Yeah. So if you want to know who the first five picks were, this is a two QB league. It's amazing. I, 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 I went Lamar, Tannehill, Cam Akers. This was pre-Achilles tear. So right now we're, we're, we're really striking out. Fortunately, I took Kyle Pitts in the fourth, who also hasn't worked out. And then my fifth round pick was Miles Sanders. So I'm getting nothing from my first five rounds, yet I still snuck in. And it's because of players like Fournette, Gronk, Christian Kirk, and just kind of understanding what archetypes of players to shoot for late. And then this week, I actually think I'm going to make some noise because on my bench, I've had stashed Ty Johnson and Jermar Jefferson. So I might actually have some starting running backs this week. That's exciting. (laughs) In terms of this actual game, though, I mean, I don't know why Jerry Judy's chalk. I guess people are going, oh, it's the it's the, the Detroit Lions. Their secondary is so bad. No, I think this is just going to be Javante and Melvin Gordon running all over them in some type of pretty gross timeshare once again. Probably a slight edge to Javante just because of what he did this past week. But still, it's just hard to find a lot of good upside here. Don't think Cortland Sutton is very playable. Jerry Judy feels, he honestly just feels like a Jarvis Landry where it's like the guy that's going to be getting open, he's going to have some catches, have some receptions, but do I think there's this crazy ceiling right now in this offense? No. And that's why I really just probably going to play almost none of this game. I think Jermar Jefferson at 4K on DraftKings 5100 FanDuel, he's probably the guy I'm going to play the most of from this game just because if I want to pay up elsewhere and get a lot of players from like the marquee uh, Bills Buccaneers game. I might need to fit in a Jamar Jefferson at 4K. So I think he's really the the only play here. It's it is bleak with all these injuries, and even before the injuries, it was a terrible matchup to begin with. So I just no thanks. Josh, give me your first five picks again. I'm going to do something. What were your first five picks at Scott Fishbowl? 
there it was Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Cam Akers, Kyle Pitts, Miles Sanders. Great. And my first five picks, Kyler Murray, Jonathan Taylor, Matthew Stafford, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen. You know what, folks? We're both in. That shows you how good his strategy is. Is I couldn't have a better start. You could have a worse start. And we're both in, man. That's the greatness of getting those upside players late. Well done, my friend. Very well done. Uh, last game. I'm sorry, folks. I wish it could be more exciting. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Tennessee now favored by nine, 43 and a half. Urban Meyer no longer sauntering up to girls there in Ohio. What are you doing here, Josh, with the Titans? No A.J. Brown. Looks like Julio Jones will be back. Of course, they're trying to figure out running back. Jeremy McNichols is back. I'm a truther. Where are you going here? So with this game, just very little interest in all the Jaguars. Just almost no interest in Tannehill either. It's just not the best supporting cast. I guess you can go Tannehill and Julio if you want, but I really think that the way to play this is to just assume that the usage in Tennessee clusters around two players. One of them, obviously, Julio Jones. 5,400 DraftKings, 5,600 FanDuel, no A.J. Brown. Julio could just be a monster in this one. Coming back against a cake secondary. This is really the get-right matchup for him. And then I think this might surprise some people. I think the running back to play here is Deonta Foreman. Dontrell Hillier, Jeremy McNichols, very similar skill sets. And I really just can't get a good read on this, but I do think they're both going to be involved in the pass game. But uh, Deonta Foreman actually has a, he has a pretty decent role. Uh, in his last game before the, the week 13 bye, he severely outcarried Dontrell Hilliard with 19 carries and six carries in the red zone. He also even ran five routes. I think they like Deonta Foreman. That's pretty decent usage. We just saw what Sony Michelle did against the Jaguars, where just the, the best game script that you can imagine, Sony Michelle gets 24 carries, he gets in the end zone. I think that's very well within Foreman's range of outcomes. 5,100 DraftKings, 5,900 FanDuel. So those are really the two plays that I'm clustering around right now. I think if you're going to want to double stack Tannehill, I think you throw in Nick Westbrook, Akai Akine with Julio and just say, these are the these are the two starting receivers. Let's see what happens. And then I think the punt play tight end, you can go James O'Shaughnessy if you want, but overall just not a lot of interest. Might not have any Tannehill or Trevor Lawrence in my quarterback pool and just have some Foreman and Julio scattered about. We've covered it all, folks. Naked Taysom Hill, not attractive. And nothing's better than going with Sterling Shepard, the sexy Jamison Crowder. Naked Taysom Hill, not attractive, and nothing's better than going with Sterling Shepard, the sexy Jamison Crowder. Follow Josh Larkey's over-unders and you'll get that money back in one night. This might even be like the first week I don't play Herbert. It's crazy. It's like the worst game environment. I was like, he doesn't have Keenan Allen. I was like, he literally doesn't have anyone that can command targets. 
it's going to be ugly. Like, just play Eckler. Sure, Josh Allen. Sure, Taysom Hill. Sure, Justin Herbert. It's basically just Cordero Patterson. Pretty gross, but Devonta Freeman's a bell cow. Uh, Sterling Shepard is sexy Jameson Crowder. A naked Taysom Hill is always uncomfortable. This is such a bad game.